Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 20 Good Minutes, where we talk for 40 minutes and you get to choose the best 20, and that joke never gets old. We're back, and we actually never picked the Euros, so we have we have a different idea. We are going to go through the first round of Euro matches and talk about them. Wow. It's, it, it sounds flawless, doesn't it? It's, it's a bulletproof um, plan. No, I'm, I'm excited. There's been a lot of football happen. A lot of incidents happen. Some amazing goals happen. And now we're going to decipher who's actually doing well and who's actually not doing well. Um, although the, the tables might tell us that. So I'm not sure. Well, you can never trust the tables. Uh, we're, all, we're also going to talk about CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. Are uh, we? Uh, no, I guess not. Okay. <laughs> Well, for six of our listeners couldn't wait then. They were off the seat. So, oh, yeah. finally, at last. There's the 20 good minutes I've been waiting for. All, all, the, all the people in Willemstead, Curacao. Were the, oh, no, never mind. Sorry, we're not Sorry doing that. Sorry to those people. Oh, I know. No. Well, there's 170,000 people in the country, so you're really disrespecting a significant population. Of course you know the exact population of a country most people have never heard of. I did, I did. Well, I had never heard of. They made the top 11 countries in CONCACAF. <gasps> oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was 12th. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. Right, so... But you got dug out on the way Euro-wise, there's been loads of football. Now, the favourites have sort of done favourite things so far. I, I no favourites have faltered quite yet. Apart from Spain, maybe. Was Spain ever a favourite? See, this is all not true for me because I did that 100 football manager simulations thing. And so yeah. I had a different set of favorites. Among them was a little nation called Turkey. So yeah, but hang on. Have you, have, you, have you decided that all your opinions now are based on football manager? Well, they're better than mine. No, don't be like that. Don't put yourself down. <laughs> no, that I can't mean, be true. I made, I, made it, uh, I made predictions separate of the football manager one. But the football manager one, like the 100 simulation prediction is interesting and that's why i'll keep bringing it up because it's like well football what does football manager think is going to happen my my opinions are different that's why i made two different videos but i'll reference the football manager stuff because <laughs> okay, that's fine yeah that's fine yeah I, I should say it hark at me going let's not talk about football manager having done that for six years <laughs> of my professional life um no no that's why yeah turkey i thought so, turkey was sort of like the dark horse that everyone thought would be really good you look at their squad you think right there is quality throughout this side and it's just not been like that at all like they, they Italy dealt with them comfortably oh, and then it got I, worse that, for them so i tweeted i think at the time it was like watching italy play against turkey was like watching man city play against like birmingham city you know where it's just yeah. like in, in the fa cup where like sure they have a chance but they're never even really forward and when they are they're just dispossessed with such ease like turkey looked completely second rate against italy like it was a matter of time before the italians found a way to score in the opening yeah. game it was it was not not only that the game was almost kind of boring because it was so obvious after the first like 15 minutes that Italy was just going to swamp them. Yeah, they've got like it's like Turkey got quite a good back line. They've got the top goal scorer from uh Ligon this year this year. Yilmaz is like has been on fire for Lille. We've talked about Lille a lot, okay? And they've had one shot on they've not sorry, not even not even had a shot on target. I was going to say one shot on target. Really? Not even had a shot on target in that first game against Italy. Like, oh, it's yeah, the opening yeah, yeah. game of the tournament. The opening game of the tournament. I expected so much more. Um it's it's Italy people now I love this. Like Italy have beaten 
uh, beaten Turkey. They've beaten Switzerland, and now Turkey are the favourite. So no, not Turkey. Italy are the favourites for the tournament now, according to anyone that's watched both Italy games, which appears to be everybody. Well, the I, I mean, I try and watch every game. The issue is that on Mondays and Wednesdays, I have these newscasts where I'm working from like eight to five p.m., so I can't watch any games. Uh, which is always a shame, so I have to watch highlights from Mondays and Wednesdays. But I watch every other game. And the Italian win over Switzerland has to go down. That's where people are going like, okay, now they feel like the favorites. Because at first it was like, is Italy that good or Turkey that bad? But then Italy shows up and beats a Swiss team that I think everybody can agree doesn't suck. Like, they're not great, but Switzerland's the type of team that sneaks into every knockout stage at a tournament and loses in the first round. Like, that's just what they do. Like, they, they, yeah, that's like they, they find a way to get to the knockout stages. They're always capable. They never get enough credit for qualifying for everything, too. Like, how many countries miss, qual- like, don't qualify for random tournaments? Switzerland's, like, always there. Yeah. We're looking at you, Serbia. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what you're aiming at. Uh, they, they, yeah, they, like, again, speaking of, like, Turkey not having a shot on target, the Swiss managed one shot on target. It's funny, right? A lot of people are bigging up the England side. Uh, England will be mentioned very early there. As having loads of depth this year, and they're right, but so did Italy. Like, Italy are similar to that, and their starting 11 in terms of quality is just that, is that, is like edged better than England's, I would say. Benucci and Chiellini at the back, Donnarumma in goal, Jorginho, Barella, Locatelli, everyone's loving oh, right get now. Get Jorginho out of your mouth. No, Jorginho's been good, mate. He's, he's been solid in the centre. Interestingly, like the Swiss had more possession versus Italy. I know Italy has like, scored three goals. Uh, there's this thing in FIFA, it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course you've had more possession, you've had more kickoffs. I'm not sure that applies to real <laughs> football over 90 minutes. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, it's weird to me that the Swiss and Turkey have looked have been made to look incredibly average by Italy, and I think that's where Italy's pro, like promise and, and expectation comes from. Now, I think you're right because with against Turkey, no one really knew how bad Turkey were, but then to do it against the Swiss side that you say are usually a pretty good side in these competitions, um, it's been it's been dominant from Italy. It'd be interesting to see how they do against a better side than them, right? Because I think Italy in that group are the big dog, but when they face a side like Belgium or Belgium or England even, or someone like Spain, France, Germany, Portugal, right? All these teams that are favourites for the competition. At that point, where does Italy stack up? Defensively, that is where they, they, see, they appear to have an edge over everybody. So that's going to be exciting. I think they are now a contender where I think pre-tournament, they were just sort of similar to England. Like, they're in the competition, but no one really knows how they're going to do. Yeah, I, I think that the Italian team lacks that elite front player. I know a lot of people are saying Mobile is that guy, but I don't think... And I've always thought this. Like, Immobile is a fantastic player, but he is... And this is because my entire life is football manager. I'm going to draw an equivalency. But you know, like, the those advanced forwards in FM where it's like they have great first touch and finishing and off the ball and, like, they're really athletic, but they don't have the yeah. rest of it. He does not have the rest of it. So, yeah, he could score, like, 55 goals in Serie A when the team is set up to feed him the ball like that. But he's not... And I know it's not 55. It's a hyperbole. Please, please, please. Yeah, I, well, I think it's funny. He had a really checkered career at one part. Uh, at one point, he was really good at Torino. Went to Dortmund, did not work at all. Went to Sevilla on loan, didn't work. Went back to Torino again, didn't really click. Got the move to Lazio, and has scored like 123 goals in the league in 177 games. Like it's as good as anyone's international record, anyone's league record, right? It's, it's not quite Lewandowski or Messi or Ronaldo numbers. It's like it's quite similar to Kane actually. If you want to give, give an equivalency if they can and England are having a, a similar problem if 
I think Italy and England are very, if I've not made this clear, I think they're very, very similar in terms of the players they've got, the expectation that's set upon them and what they're actually capable of achieving. And I think if they can find a way to get the best out of them, I believe, then that's going to be great for them. And, and that's the thing, that if they can get him to score seven goals in this tournament or eight goals in this tournament, they'll get to a final. But they, but they have to rely on him at some stage to be a goal getter. And in fairness to him, right, he's already got two goals in the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. So he's, he's already on the path to doing that. But he has to keep doing it, and they have to continue to play to his strengths. So, I I like him. Like I I'm always I've always been a fan of the Italian national team. I've always been a fan of those players. I think about players like Totti that I was I used to fall in love with, uh, and, and players of that ilk, right? And I hope they have a really good tournament. It's really weird. And uh, oh, shall we talk about the opening ceremony quickly? Did you watch the uh, I, I, I actually didn't watch the opening ceremony, oh, but I, mate. I I the it was explosive on Twitter. Whatever was going oh. on. So good. Andrea Bocelli belt, uh, belting out Ness and Dorma. Oh, yes. Every single tournament. I wish they'd do it for every game, honestly. It wouldn't even lose <laughs> meaning for me. I absolutely love it. The amount of, I was so pumped up for the Euros at that point. It was fantastic. They played it in Italia 90 like years and years ago, and then they brought it back for this tournament. And oh, juices. International juices were flowing, Mr. Shannon, let me tell you. Um, so that was sensational. Again, I think they, they, they're, they're going to win the group now. They play Wales in the final game. It doesn't really matter. Wales would have to pull off a pretty big upset, in my opinion, to then top the group. Turkey are done. Um, Tur yeah, <laughs> does. Is, Turkey's cooked. Uh, Wales, yeah. <laughs> Wales is this other surprise. I feel like because Wales made the semifinals in 2016, everybody looks at them and they're just like, oh yeah, like Wales is here. They're going to get out of the group now. Like They've got four points. Uh, Wales in 2016 at the Euros was playing in its yeah. first major tournament since 1958 and then yes. made it all the way to the semifinal has not qualified for a World Cup since 1958 then failed to qualify for a World Cup after that and have come yeah. back not only have they somehow made it to the Euros again they're winning in the Euros again like it's like Wales is not supposed to be good they're just not like they, they can have one or two good players, but historically speaking, the fact that the wealth, the Welsh have like shown up at back to back euros and won games is the greatest anomaly that we've seen. Yeah, they've, they've got, they've got like a, they've got some good players, but they, but you're right. When you compare them to the Swiss team or the Turkish team, there are more good players in that side. Gareth Bale's not enough to make yeah. up for it, right? And Aaron, old, and Aaron old, Ramsey... Oft-injured Gareth Bale is not enough to, like, carry you above a team of... I mean, Switzerland has a team of top-flight professionals, really. Yeah, and, and there's... Like, again, there are some players, like Dan James, obviously played at Manchester United this season. You've got, like, Aaron Ramsey, of course. Joe Allen's played at the highest level before. There are players in that side that are capable of being, like, very good players. Ben Davis is at Tottenham is another one that stands out. But you're right. In, in theory, this shouldn't be happening. I think most people just thought. Well, like, I, I had Wales finishing bottom of the group. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say it. I thought the team lacked a lot of quality. I still do. But there is a togetherness and a spirit about this Welsh side that I love, man. I love seeing them at the end of the game, and it reminded me of 2016. And I'm. I, I remember thinking back then. I was delighted to see them do well. There's this, there's this attitude between like Welsh and Scottish and Irish fans that I do not want to see. I do not want to see England do well. I'm sick of it's coming home, and I, I, under no circumstances do I want to see success. But I've, I, I'm, I'm slightly different in, in that I really like seeing Scotland and Ireland and Northern Ireland and Wales do well. So when I see them do well, I'm, I'm sitting there with a smile on my face. I'm really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna be through. Four points will be enough, even if it's a third place for them. Like that will be enough, I suspect. Yeah, like they, they're. 
they're good. You get four points, and it is so difficult to not qualify for the next round. But it's it's the yeah. collection of those guys, and then just like a bunch of championship level players that they just roll out. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really hope they can make a World Cup, honestly, at this point. Because all that World Cup qualifying for Qatar is, is not happened yet. And if they can just keep this vibe going long enough, they might actually be able to to squeeze their way in there. I think yeah. it's possible. Alternatively, FIFA will just decide that we're going to have 73 teams in the World Cup at some point, and they'll definitely be in. So, not a problem. They had, no, they no. had to expand it. It's some. I mean, there's so many... Solidarity. When, Solidarity. <laughs> when you look at how many more teams were trying to qualify for the World Cup from the last time they expanded it, they had to go to 48. And I'm a big fan. I, I'm a big fan of going to 48. It's no. more World Cup matches, yes. No, yeah. no. We'll talk. No, we'll do this another day. No. Uh, okay. Uh, let's I, move I, on. I, to, I, I, uh, I want to see Uzbekistan at a World Cup, damn it. And it's going <laughs> to happen. Yeah. And, and with respect to Uzbekistan, I don't. Right. Group Whoa. B. Uh, I know. Sorry. Group B. Group B. Um, group B. I, Belgium. I, can't, I can't get into this. I'm not. It's too early in the morning. I can't get this emotionally upset. Okay, Belgium, Russia, <laughs> Finland, Denmark are the teams in that group. Of course, right. uh, as this podcast comes out, they'll have probably played their second round of fixtures. They will. It's going so, to come out you know, tomorrow morning, which means the matches that are happening the day we're recording are Ukraine, North Macedonia, Denmark, Belgium, Netherlands, Austria, which means those three games we will we will not have reactions for. We'll get that on the next next time we record. Yeah, so we do not know the result of the, yeah, yeah, the, result of the Belgium, Dame, uh, Denmark game. <laughs> Denmark the game. Denmark game. Um, of course, there was the big incident in oh, the first yeah. round of fixtures between Finland and Denmark. Christian Eriksen suffered a cardiac arrest on the pitch. Uh, I was live streaming at the time, and oh, you I have I, I yeah. have never been more uncomfortable. And uh, I basically there was this there's this twenty minute period when it happens, and I'm watching it, and I I can't remember anything. I've not watched it back. I don't want to watch it back. I can't remember anything I did or said. In that twenty-minute period, I was I, completely. I, I got you because gone. I was. I had the alternate experience, right? We both spend a significant amount of our time kind of live streaming our lives, but I, I, I wasn't. I was sitting in the dark in my boxers doing homework or something, and I had doing, a, doing a homework, listeners in his boxers. Of course, you yeah, were. Carry on. I had. I whatever. I, I I'm just <laughs> gonna ignore that. Yeah, brought to you by no. Next week. <laughs> okay i'm sitting there i've got my headphones on my desk so i can like faintly hear the broadcast and it had been a really physical game and so there'd been a but you know like a shaughnessy had cut he'd broken his nose or something like there'd been a lot of people down and so i hear like an erickson's down and i look up and i'm like oh he's you know he missed a hard challenge or right somebody just kneecapped him because they don't like each other and so I look back down, I'm like working on my stuff. And then I look back up and I, the next time I look back up, they're doing CPR. And mm. that is like one of the most jarring things to see because out of all of the things I would have expected, I mean, I just didn't, you know, I just put the headphones on and sat there in silence for 20 minutes watching this happen. I, it came through in a couple of different ways. One uh, when I mean, when you're doing CPR, that means like, you know, it's you, pretty bad. You, yeah, I mean, the person is not their body is not functioning properly. Um, I thought he was dead. I was I, I went through the process of understanding what just happened, how it's going to change the sport forever. Uh, like what 
what we're like are we going to stop playing that you know in, in terms of things that are much smaller and less important are we going to stop playing the tournament what do you do what do you do with the 20,000 fans that are in the stands that just watched somebody die like what do you uh, do with, like i i went through thinking about all of those things because i mean they i watched them use the paddles on him right the 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 whatever it's called the aed like you watched it when you were watching the tv you saw the shock in his body like boom. like it was like watching a a drama tv show right but i'd never seen yeah. that in real life before it was insane i i was i refused to put, to let myself think that of course that is worst case scenario the one thing that went through my mind was Fabrice Mamamba, who uh, had a similar collapse at White Hart Lane. <sighs> nearly, it must nearly be 10 years ago now. Um, and he, he tweeted about it afterwards and things like this. And it, and, it, and it brought about a lot of change, actually, in professional sport in the fact that he was he, he made a full recovery. Like, he couldn't play football anymore, but he made a full recovery uh, and, and, and wrote a book. His book's, his book's brilliant as well. I, de I definitely recommend it. Um, there's obviously a lot of conversation on on the way it was broadcast you were quite vocal on twitter about the way it was broadcast yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there isn't necessarily a precedent for that happening like there's sh as someone that organized an event on a much smaller scale with the risk of that happening hopefully would never happen um you do have to have protocols and ideas and and plans for if something that dramatic happens a lot of people drew equivalencies to a streaker to me, it's different because oh, when a streaker comes on, so, you, it's so different. That, it, you the, know what yeah, that person's it's so doing. It's that's attention seeking. That is someone making a point by often being like nude. It's not something you can immediately show. I think there is this idea from broadcasters, if it, and they've kind of they've come under a lot of criticism, right? Of course, it's the UEFA feed, and the, and the broadcasters are different across the world. And Denmark cut away from their footage, and I, but but. The fact that people go to Denmark as, as they cut away, that suggests that not many people did, if you can use Denmark as a, as a key example of something that did. I think there is a point where you no longer have to see what's going on, right? The, the, the first moment, because players go down all the time, remember, and they are focused in on, and you're trying to see the extent of the injury, right? And that is sort of informing the viewer at that point. Right. As soon as you see him receive CPR that first time, right? And, and the Danish players, remember, are already forming a wall of, of, of themselves. They know the severity of the situation. They are brothers and friends of that man. And that is arguably the point where you don't need to see it. The first time you see him have CPR, that to me indicates this is beyond serious. There is no desire to see what goes on after that. Let the medical professionals deal with it. The fact they cut to his wife, like it's like it's a Netflix documentary, is fucking diabolical. Like, that is so beyond unnecessary. I understand, like, the, the director storytelling element of what's going on. But this isn't a drama, right? This is a man's life on a football pitch doing his job and there is a point as an audience we do not need to be informed to the level and the extent that we were informed that's my view on it i don't know if you feel different yeah I, or... no i i agree that the moment you see cpr happening you should not show him on the field again uh no. like that that should be what you lean towards now I've been, for, for those that don't know, I work as a play-by-play -play broadcaster. I have done hundreds of broadcasts, obviously not of that production quality, but I mean, four major networks on TV channels where you're working with a full truck is what it's called. And you have a producer and a director and you have an AP and a associate. There's about 15 people in a truck when it's fully functional that the replay people, sound people, uh, you've got a you know, couple of people lining up cameras like 
So it, 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 you've got, you know, me up there. We're all talking to each other. We have talk back buttons. So even when you can't hear us, we're like talking. We, yeah. we deal oh. with little. So that's that's how this works. Is this let me let me say it, Z, because you're not saying it. Z has worked with ESPN. Like, I don't want people to think that you've worked for like a college or a university. Like, you've worked at, at one of the highest levels of broadcasting possible, right? I, I, right. I, you're, not, you're not giving that context. I'll do it for you. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I I also have huge issues bragging about myself, but thank uh, you know that's I that's why I pay you to do it for I me. Think, but, but I think the, but what I'm getting at is I think the context of the level in which you've done this is important to give your scope on what actually happens in a in a broadcast truck on a broadcast. Right. Yeah. So and they are on there. There is no question that the moment he went down, there were hot conversations going back and forth in that comm. Because one, if I'm the play-by-play -play guy in that situation, I am hitting the talkback button the moment I see the CPR, and I'm like, "Get me the get like get me the f off the like get me off, like yeah. get go anywhere." Like I, this is you are not ever, and they didn't. Unsurprisingly, you're not ever going to be able to give that situation justice. Like if you're a play-by-play -play right. guy in that situation, and they leave you up for like 15 minutes. Wale dude is getting CPR on the field. People are breaking down. His wife is breaking down. Like, what are you supposed to say? Right? Like, you there's nothing that you can say. And I, I think that the the guys that were doing it that I was listening to were particularly they were they were okay with it, but they they you you're, you're never you're always gonna sound disingenuous. Like, so I would have been in the talk back the moment it happened and be like, like commercial, anything, studio, we've got to get off of this. Yeah. They obviously yeah. couldn't uh, because nobody wants to get fired. I, I know that sounds vain and you can say, well, uh, you want to like, <laughs> right. That's uh, it sounds vain. Cause like this dude's life is changing. His wife's life is changing. It sounds, it sounds immaterial, it. but it's it the sounds reality immaterial, of the situation that was occurring. When you're, yeah. if you asked a lot of people in the street, if they would want to get fired to give somebody some privacy in that type of moment, and you have to make that decision in a split. And, and this is the decision about cutting away from the UEFA feed that I'm talking about. That's what yeah. that's the situation that they're put in because you are contractually obligated to keep that UEFA feed on. As for what the UEFA feed is showing, the moment that he's getting CPR, I think a lot of TV trucks would have not shown it again. I agree. I th uh, I, th I think if it was a Sky led. BBC led, BT led, British Broadcasting led, because the BBC were the, the the guys that covered it in the UK, and they got a little a lot of criticism. I think there is a point where you have to go beyond that. I think that people expect there to be a moral code amongst the BBC, rightly or wrongly, if they're held to that standard. It's a publicly funded organisation, and I, I wonder if the standard they're held to is slightly higher, and there's this expectation of. There's a quality of care to the viewer at this point, as much as there is to Christian Eriksen and his family and those players and that team. And I think that's completely understandable. I think like people will disagree with what we're saying now, right? People will say, as soon as you go down, you cut it. But that to me isn't realistic. That's at the not, point yeah, where you that's... see life-changing acts occur, that is the point it's like, okay, I, I, there's two sides of it, right? I was still, it's funny, everyone says they shouldn't be showing it. We were all still watching. Like and yeah. to me, I'm watching. I'm and I, I, I'm trying to remember. I, th I think I was saying something on the lines of, "Like, please be okay, please be okay, please be okay." So I want to be informed that he's going to be fine, right? And I'm also watching him get CPR, suggesting he's probably not fine. So 
there's this, there's this panic that I think transcended over everybody. Like, it, I, I certainly felt as if to say, I don't want to be on camera watching this. Any, there's a point where I was like, I can't stream this anymore. I want, to, I'm going to go downstairs because basically I was watching it. I went downstairs. Ellie and Ellie, Ellie and Doug weren't watching it. Um, she said, "Oh, what, what's happened?" I went, "Oh, because I couldn't even explain what had happened." And then I just cried, hugged both of them, and it took me about 25 minutes to suddenly think okay what's going on and then i'm scrolling through twitter give me an update i need an update please be okay oh my god please be okay and, and i'm going through that process continually for a long time and then finally the news comes out that he's okay yeah i think um, I, I think like everybody was jarred by it I and mean, i sat at my desk for an hour and didn't really do anything oh it was I, I, it was yeah it was time stopping wasn't it it was time yeah, stopping. Oh, completely i mean because yeah. you're so it was like the start, you know, day two of the Euros, we just had this dramatic match between Wales and Switzerland. Like Finland makes their appearance in the Euros for the first time. All this, uh, and then all, and that happens. Then ever, it's like going eighty miles an hour and then hitting a brick wall emotionally. Well, like that's that's what, and that's obviously a very selfish way to look at it. But I think that's what a lot of us were feeling was like, oh wow. Yeah, the Euros is this this such a fun idea, right? It's such a like the idea of watching it and being in it and living it, and then that moment where it brings you straight back to the reality of life, and it's like holy dearie me, that is yeah something you, no one expects either, which I think is part of it. But ultimately, he's okay. It looks like he's going to make a, like a, a good recovery. He's he seems in quite good spirits from the from the quotes that have come out and the things and statements he's made. Um, and I hope he can like Daily Blind is an example of a man that's continued to play beyond it. So um, beyond having that sort of incident, so hopefully Christian Eriksen falls into that path. Uh, ultimately, he'll do what he thinks is best for him and his family. And that's uh, I don't know. It's a big decision for for him to make. But my word, I am pleased he's okay. I I mean, oh. I'm tremendously happy that he's okay. The one the yeah. one um, I knew he had to get to this just because my TV spidey senses went off. The one thing that I that I think we disagree on in the coverage of it is like the moment he's getting CPR get off of him and you needed to get the play-by-play -play people off as quickly as possible because that, that mm. there is no way that they're going to be able to do that justice. You need to go to the studio. Like you need to go to the studio and have those yeah. people just wax poetic because that's their job. That's what they're there for is to be able to help yeah. people process that. What I, what I think you do instead of showing the people on the ground and i this was just a firestorm on twitter on the day was you show reactions to what's happening because you're there to tell this story you don't want to yeah but showing the fans showing the other players i think that's how you tell the story of what's happening like you I, I think you can do that as almost a background. But yeah, so I think I think there is a sweet spot to like a sweet spot. This is like his life. Anyway, there's 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 a situation where no, this is you can this cut, is you how, can cut. and I I don't want anybody to get like mad at TV trucks. But as with any job, whatever is happening, like when you cover enough sports, bad injuries happen. Like when you're covering sports, people's lives are playing yeah. out in front of you, and it's your job to tell the story that they're going to remember for the rest of their life. And odds are a lot of other people are going to remember for the rest of like their life. That's what you're there for. That's what you're doing. I think, I, I think so the you, problem... You boil it down to a science. Yeah. The problem is, the problem is it, it was the focus. And I think there is a point where it has to not be the focus. And, and that's that's where they got it so wrong, like globally. And that's where UEFA and their coverage have got it so wrong, is that maybe you have a situation, and this is incredibly difficult for for the studio broadcasters, right? Where you cut back to the studio, they talk about the first half, and at the same time, in the background of what they're talking about, 
is these reaction shots that you're talking about. There's still an update ongoing with what's happening. You, again, there's no need to show the player. There's no need to show his wife. Like, dearie me, that, that's so poor. Like, again, this, this is what we're talking about, right? So it'll be talked about forever, the way it was handled and handled poorly in the eyes of the majority, and I'm certainly within that. And I think, I think you are as well, despite, like... I think you sort of came at it from the broadcasting angle and everyone's attitude at that time was fuck the broadcasters. Yeah. So it was difficult for anyone to like take that side when you're not sure if he's okay or not and then it seemed to calm down once everyone knew he was okay. So that was... I don't know. It was it was difficult for everybody, and, and I think we are all very happy. I, I don't, we, I don't, we didn't plan to talk about this for this amount of time. No, but no, like, no, I no think, we didn't. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, what I would say is like, I, I think the point of when I was tweeting was like I felt so bad for the broadcasters when I was tweeting about that because I'm like I think and to give balance, then I think most people thought this is not the primary concern, and that's where the conflict came. That, that, but, but even even then, right? I think again, you, you spoke about it with people afterwards, and it seemed to no. It to was out, it was I've, I like I saw that the moment it happened, and as it kind of went on, I was mad at the broadcast too. I'm like, stop showing me. You're like, if you look at my Twitter feed, it's like just cut away, go to break, go to something, like yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but people were upset. We were upset. And they had to direct it somewhere. And for whatever reason, I decided to throw myself into the path of the onrushing bulls and be like, look, don't direct it at them. Or like, right. Like they, like whoever was producing that game is crying in the truck right now. Like they, they yeah. like they, like these are not robot. These aren't evil people that are, you know, trying to ruin people's days. Like, and they're going to get like their career, they're probably ruined. You're right. Like, there's no way that dude's going to be producing another game for the Euros after that. And but he still had to watch it. Right. And he wasn't just watching the camera feed you saw. He was watching all of them. The director was yeah. watching all of them. The play by play and analysts were watching three of them. Like you got you were mainlining a human crisis if you were in that TV truck. And it was just it was yeah. brutal for me to know that and watch them get shredded. And I think that's why I said something, but I, like what I was trying to all, I mean, like the point is I hope Christian Erickson's alive, right? Like I hope yeah. Christian Erickson wakes up tomorrow morning and is okay. And is FaceTiming his team. Like I, like this is so insane what we're dealing with right now that we like, we can a week from now on a podcast, we can talk about whether the TV handled it right, what they did well and what they, but right now, you know, just let everybody process it the way they're going to process it and try and get over it. Like, they, I don't know. That, and that was just what I felt in the moment. Um, and that could have been completely wrong. But Yeah. No, look, again, bottom line, he's okay. Yes, he's getting a heart starter uh, installed, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, back to the group. <laughs> back to football. <laughs> Uh, Finland, Finland ended up winning the game. game. Yeah, that was, yeah. Right. We, could, we could talk. We could talk about that as well. But I, again, I think this is something that's been talked about a lot. I don't necessarily think we need to cover it. Um, they, they they won the game with their only shot on target. Their only shot. Their only shot on target. Um, yeah. Whether, whether the Danes should have carried on playing is again probably another conversation for other time. Yeah, it's hard to um, analyze that game for like actual like. Well, oh, who you should have won? You, you can't, can't because there's no. That's no, such can't. a unique situation. Finland found a way to get three points. Nobody really cared. <laughs> yeah like um 
Speaking of the other teams in the group, though, Belgium, top of the group. They looked they looked better than I actually thought they would. They looked really impressive. Um, 3 0 win for them. And uh, they lead Group B. Chances are they'll be going through. As as, as we are recording right now, uh, it's, it's, it's pre Belgium Denmark. Um, three teams on three points. If if Denmark win, four teams on three points. I'm rooting for it. I guess it, that makes the final day very tasty indeed. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Um, group right C. Also, we'll move on. I, I just wanted Go to on. point out Russia's definitely not doping. They look terrible. Okay. Like, uh, group C. Yeah, <laughs> uh, group C uh, Austria, Netherlands, Ukraine, and North Macedonia faced off uh arguably game of the tournament netherlands ukraine so far huh. an absolute barnstorm uh, i really this group was a load of fun austria north macedonia at the time was to me the best match of the tournament and then netherlands ukraine was right after it which obviously <laughs> yeah, netherlands yeah. just ran them over for like 60 minutes and then ukraine just pulled two goals out of like i mean they pulled two goals out of their like I, we can say ass on this, right? I, have we ever decided <laughs> I mean, I that? I don't know. I don't, yeah. I mean, I'm I, fine with it. Okay, cool. Like, they pulled two goals out of their ass, and then Netherlands ended up winning it anyways. It was wild. I will say North Macedonia has more quality than I thought they did. They they had more ability on the ball. and like, I don't think their center backs are very good. I don't know who their center backs are, but they didn't look very good. They, they didn't cover the area pretty particularly yeah. well, and that would cost them the game. But North Macedonia is better than I thought and could very conceivably take points off Ukraine. And honestly, if the Netherlands feel like choking like that, North Macedonia might be able to draw them. But uh, great. Well, I, I only thought North Macedonia only had more quality than I thought because I was surprised that Goran Pandev was still like walking without a <laughs> stick. So like he's yeah, the fact that he was there, I was like, wow. And then he scored and I couldn't I was very happy for him. Because I feel like he's like being a bit of a player that's been around forever, um, and then it's, it's, you know do it on that stage is always always nice. Uh, Bardi behind him is pretty good as well. But like that, that, it's interesting that Austria who have such a weird squad. Like they've got they've got Alaba. They <laughs> basically said to Alaba, just play where you want, mate. Uh, it seems like he's just going to play wherever he wants in different games. He's never going to play the same position twice. It's almost like he's not allowed to, and mm. he's just like a wild card player that could fill in at any point, which is fascinating it's so rare in football that you see a player who is almost like so above everyone else in the team that he gets to sort of just decide what he wants to do it's yeah fascinating um and then the game after that of course as we touched upon the, the dutch who aren't aren't that good are they no they're not like like the dutch aren't really they just aren't really that good i mean i like Jorginho wijnaldum I think oh, yeah, obviously you love him, right? He, he's, yes, he's, I do. Can you really win a tournament if he's like basically your best player, like him or Memphis Depay? Yeah, the British is another one. Frankie De Jong's in there. I, I mean, just watching look like the a game, size. when Alden and Depay were the guys that stood out. Like when yes, you watch the team, play. that's totally fair. Yeah, I, I think like Ukraine aren't a bad side. Ukraine have got some really good players. yamalenko has been around forever. Zinchenko, of course, has had some success at Manchester City. Uh, Malinkovsky. Malinovsky, that's how you say it. Um, it's, it's very highly rated. I tried, uh, but like, so, so they're, they're not like they're not too far apart from one another. Um, there isn't like a crazy amount of quality in the Dutch side, though. Like, there's a lot of classy players. There's a lot of like fun players in that side. Players you would sign in Football Manager or like, use on FIFA, right, right, but right. wherever they are, like 
whether they are good enough to win the competition, I mean, we talked about Italy before. I don't think they're, they're nearly as good as Italy. Their strength in depth, definitely not as good. So, they're, 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 again, they're going to be a fun side to watch, by all accounts, based on what we saw in that first game. Um, and playing in Holland is, like, lovely. I, I kind of... I hate the idea that these teams are just getting home games. Yeah. And, and England are one of these, right? And Italy have got this, and, and the Dutch have got this. But also... There's quite a nice feeling about the fact that you know the orange wall is there and things like that. I, I quite like that. Um, I, I'm a yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of like a closet Dutch fan. I, I do like the Dutch to do well. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a lover of them. But I, I'm a big fan of Edgar Davids from back in the day. I think we talked about him before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, yeah, I'm, I've got a <laughs> Davids mate. <I'm... laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Um, so yeah, I, I think ultimately with this team. They're not going to win the competition, but I think they're going to be a fun watch. I'd expect them to go through the group. Uh, then the next game is crucial, really. Again, it will have happened, and we won't know what what will have happened uh, in it. I'm just going to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, the Netherlands play Austria, but it's that final game between Ukraine and Austria, which is basically going to decide how that group plays out. Right. And there's a good chance in this group that whoever finishes third probably won't go through. So that final game is going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Right, let's talk about the boys, Z. Let's move on to Group uh, D. Uh, Republic. I, and shout out, Austria did get its first ever win in a European championship, well done, which, feels, which feels weird. So yes, then uh, just sing it's coming home now. Just do it now. Football's coming. Do you know the words to football's coming home? No, not just really. No, it's coming home. All right, well, I'll teach you by the end of the tournament. Uh, group D, Czech Republic, England, Croatia and Scotland. We put the marker down to say that we are winning this tournament uh, one way or another. Um, let's, let's, start, let's start with the Czech Republic versus Scotland. I okay. was and England played Scotland later this week. I was really disappointed with Scotland. The Czech Republic are probably better than people think, but I still thought Scotland were going to be significantly better than that, and they weren't. And that made me quite you, sad. You know that? You know that? It's not a gift, but like that video of the guy going, "You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy." You know that video? Right. No, but you've done, you've done a brilliant job of recreating it, so I'm not okay. Worried. I will. Uh, I just want to tell David Marshall right now that he is not that guy and he needs to get oh. to the edge of his 18. Because I, like, okay. look, you're not Neuer, you're not Ederson. I, I know it was off a quick turnover, but what in Sam Hill are you doing 70,000 yards from your own goal? I mean, that was yeah. all That was all on him. He was getting too cheeky. I don't know what, like, that. just come on, man. That was not. I, don't, I mean, that was. I don't know if he's been described as cheeky by anyone else in the media this week, but I, I enjoyed it. And uh, on that goal, right, the sh the shick strike, as we'll call it, um, it was anything but shick. Uh, do you like that sort of, sort of goal, or is it a little bit like, oh, that's a bit novelty? Not really a fan of that. Do I? I uh, know that. Look, most players don't look for that, and it takes a lot of gall and confidence to take a shot on because usually you're taking that shot on when you're in a decent break, right? But I will say that it is yeah. also always the goalkeeper's fault when that type of goal is scored. Always. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. But again, I think it's just like it's such a rare moment of execution that yeah, it was so cleanly struck. That was what made it so satisfying, and it, and it curled in at quite the rate. Um, Scotland overall had the better of the game, but I just thought no, like, I, expected, looked, I expected more. They looked good. Like I, I think the two teams were who they like were who we thought they were. Right, like Scotland was this gutsy team with actual real quality, and, and Czechia was a team that nobody really thought could do much in this tournament. Uh, and I, I, the XG numbers kind of bear this out. Scotland was like two point four, Czechia was like point eight. But you know, I mean, they they ended up Scotland finishing the goals. Four shots on target. Like, yeah, it, four shots on target. Scotland. Well, okay. who's this striker? Who's this Dykes guy? Why do I not know who he is, and why is he so bad? 
Well, this is this is right. Okay, this is Scotland's problem, right? Their, their best players are Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney, John McGinn, and Scott McTominay, and David Marshall. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> so, so outside of those players, there isn't a huge amount of quality. So players like Dykes and Christie are like good. They're good footballers, but that's sort of like where it ends. They are good footballers, and that's yeah. So that's yeah. that's sort of the end of it. So ultimately, I don't. I keep saying ultimately. Uh, when when it boils down, I don't think Scotland are going to go any f- the problem scotland have got now is they yeah, have to get something get against england, england and croatia yeah and to do that now it doesn't look overly likely that like that was the crucial game for them so the fact they've lost that not even drawn it means they've got to what, beat scotland beat oh, sorry beat scotland beat themselves beat croatia beat england and then just hope that they can get a draw in the other game maybe i, I don't know you yeah, can it's not get through great. with three points but i'm going to say if there's one match that you just really don't want to get unlucky in it was this one yeah, and, and it's difficult Czechia to get through three points when up. you've lost to. Yeah, they showed up. When you've, yeah, when you've lost to them. Uh, that's it. And then England oh, well. won one to nothing against Croatia. Which yeah, I've been I've been making videos on it. It's are you surprised? No, I well the way the if England can play, the way that it played in the first fifteen minutes against Croatia, that was the best version of England I've ever seen. The first fifteen wow. minutes against Croatia were just sensational i mean that's when foden hit the post and everybody was flying around the ball was zipping around the pressure was high croatia couldn't do anything and then the game kind of settled into a into a groove where both teams were getting a few chances here or there and sterling to his you know endless credit finally scored in a major tournament and so there he there he goes (laughs) but I, i think that england has it locked in there somewhere to play at a level that is capable of winning this tournament that's what I saw Blimey. in the first 15 minutes. Is it coming home, Z, is it? it I, I feel like it actually could come home. Oh, my word. Goodness me. I know. Uh, it was an incredibly even game. Like, a ridiculously even game. Both teams had eight shots. Both had two on target. Possession was 51 to 49. Uh, the, uh, the Croatia had four more passes than England. Their pass accuracy was identical. The amount of fouls, Croatia had one more than England. Uh, corners were identical offsides were identical like they had a couple more yellow cards it was a bizarrely close game yeah. that didn't look that close just from <laughs> watching it like stat, stats can sort of tell a lie to me it felt like england were in large control of it which again is surprising you're right the first 20 minutes was really impressive i think the most pleasing thing from an england perspective is that despite the fact we've controlled a croatia side that knocked us out of the world cup like three years ago uh we can definitely play better than that and that is yeah. the thing that is quite exciting. And, and there's a lot of versatility in the squad. I don't necessarily think there's loads of like world-class depth in the squad. But there, well, okay, actually, no. I don't think there's a lot of world-class players in the squad. But I do think there is world-class class depth in the squad. And that's the one thing. Again, we've talked about England and Italy being similar. That is the one thing that could really help England in latter parts of tournaments. And if the streamer showdowns taught me anything, Z, you're going to need players to come in in, in knockout rounds. So... Um, yeah, well, I, 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 I've I bought a t-shirt that is an England t-shirt. I bought Doug a t-shirt that says it's coming home on it, and Ellie's got a signed shirt from Carl Walker. So this household is believing, and so are you. Beautiful. I can sense it. Now, I uh, look. I would really enjoy the spectacle of you guys winning, and also on the flip side of Scotland, winning this game basically guarantees you're through. You have Scotland and Czechia in your last two games, right? Like this was the hardest game of the group and you won it. So you're basically, yeah. in terms of getting to the knockouts, you've kind of done that job already. You can experiment tactically with the rest of it. But a lot of that is left to be decided. Now we get to probably my biggest surprise. I, I, yeah. I don't want to, um, this in Turkey really hurt me. 
Slovakia beating Poland really hurt. I thought yeah. Poland was I thought Poland was going to really do some things, but now they're in a lot of trouble cuz just like the Scotland game, well now you got to go play Sweden and Spain if you're Poland or, or Slovakia, but now if you're Slovakia, all you need is like a cheeky point from Sweden and you're good. Yeah, there's a reason these first group games are always really tight affairs because if you lose that first group game, you leave yourself so open to to just being like pummeled in the next two and then having no way to to go through. And the tournament is over by half time of the first of the second game. Sorry, and, and so so what do you do in that situation? Do you still try and go for it, or do you just sort of go, well, this is over now, isn't it? <laughs> Which, and, and and Poland are in that situation. I think the the, the fortunate thing for Poland is that. I don't think Sweden and Spain were very good. So if there's any, like, they're definitely beatable. With a Polish side that have got Lewandowski leading the line, there is definitely a world in which if they can supply him the ball regularly enough to actually have chances, which was ultimately the problem in the first game. They've had three shots on target out of the 17 they've had, which suggests to me they're not having high enough quality chances in the game. And they had a man sent off as well. Kuchoriak decided to, to, to not play the final half an hour, which was bold of him. Um... Uh, yeah, I think Poland still have a chance of going through. They might be one of the teams that sort of like scrape through on the final game in the final minute or something. And I quite enjoy that. Of course, I go I go through my predictions and I'm like, look, there are two teams outside of Hungary that I think are just buns and aren't going to be able to do anything. It's <laughs> Czechia and Slovakia, and they both won. So, oh, that's a shame. Well, they both well got they both got out XG'd significantly. So I'm just going to be one of those annoying analytics people that sits in the back row like it's all a lie. <laughs> that's. <laughs> what's happening spain can't score against there. sweden despite 95 percent possession are you surprised oh by my or? god i mean spain needs to get their shit together is what they need to do sorry to use such an expletive <laughs> but they should be thank you they should be winning that game comfortably right just because they've got alexander isaac does not mean that they've got a chance sweden i love it's, alexander it's, isaac he had that one I, turn so in the I. box that i got hal robson kanu vibes from that turn but he's like but like he is He's the standout, right? There's no Zlatan in this tournament, so he is the standout player that they are looking to to make things happen. The rest of the the rest of the Swedish team, to me, feel like they've played for Sweden for 50 years. Those names are just always in the squad. <laughs> it feels like Augustine. The, Sp yeah. the Spanish lineup is really good. Like it's not okay. It's not. It's not. It's not elite. I don't think it's tournament winning. But compared to the Swedish team, it's really good. They should be doing so much more than they did. It's like Spain have locked themselves into playing a certain way and they refuse under any circumstances to change the way that they're playing for the, for the opposition they're playing right. against. So when they've got Xavi and Iniesta and David Villa and Torres, guess what, Spain? At that point, you've got some of the best players in the world. When you're without those players and you're relying on Alvaro Morata to do the business, that is when things fall apart a little bit. Ferran Torres is a good player but not elite and I think Dani Olmo is probably in the same bracket. Like, there's not enough in forward areas for them to really make a positive impact in games that are tight like this when Sweden's plan is to draw nil-nil. So, yeah. I don't know, they've got, to, they've got to do more. Like, 86% possession is fine. 917 passes is fine, but you've got to score goals. But it's that cliche. I, I hate, I hate yeah, it as well. I, like, I, I feel like Spain on. is just between generations. They are waiting for Pedri and Ansu Fati to just become the superstars that they're going to be. But Ansu Fati's yeah. hurt in Pedri 17. So what do you do in the meantime? You wheel out Alvaro Morata, who got like, who's just, I mean, a head case, to put it mildly, right? And I feel like <laughs> okay. he knows that. Uh, you, you've got Ferran Torres, who, you know, I don't know if he makes the 25 on the Spain team that won the World Cup, if I'm being completely honest. Like, he's a good player. <sighs> yeah, but I don't know. I, it, right. 
this is a team in transition. It's a team that's average age is a smidge over 24, and they just didn't bring their hard hat in Sweden despite having maybe three or four players that could make the Spain 25 now, right? Sweden has a very organized national team set up. They yeah. always play. They Speaking of always playing the same way, they play the same way. They play tough. They know exactly who they are, and they got a draw because that's what they were trying to yeah. do. Right, like yes, Spain is too passive for me. They've got they've, if they start. We talk about the first. Okay, sorry to bring up England again, listeners. Uh, we talk about that first twenty minutes against Croatia. Right, it set the it set, it set the tempo for the game. Up. Sorry, <laughs> he's on it. I will get you a song sheet, a li lyrics li sheet for that. Um, yeah, for, for the first twenty minutes, right, England got the respect of Croatia really quickly, and I feel like Spain playing this way, which once you know what they're doing. As long as you stay disciplined and you stay, stay stay concentrated, you're always going to have a chance within the game. Now, don't get me wrong. Sweden didn't have any opportunities to win it. But the important thing, as we talked about with some of these other sides, right? we bring up Poland, we bring up... Uh, there's another, there was another side that was in this. Scotland as well. If you lose that first group game, you're kind of in... You're in the mud quite quickly. If you fail to lose that first group game and you've got a chance in future games, you give yourself every opportunity to go through, especially when you're playing the toughest team in the group in that opening game. You look through the sides that were expected to win their opening group game... I, would, I dare say that Spain are the only one that you would have considered like a dead cert to win it mm -hmm. and they've not won it. So it, it then makes that group a lot more fascinating because you've got Slovakia winning their first game, because you've got Poland losing. There is a world, Zeland Shannon, where Spain are the side that don't go through. It's possible. Because of this this, this opening game. Yeah, it's possible. I, another thing we've now pointed out is Sweden did like hit the post, I think, or had a really tight, so they almost won this game. And Sweden went to a World Cup quarterfinal at the last World Cup. So there's a lot of mental toughness and experience in this team. And so giving them full marks yeah. for being, you know, how is good as they are. I think Sweden will be the favorite against Poland and Slovakia, I would think. And then yeah, well, we'll see what happens. That's what I mean. If, but if Sweden beats Slovakia, right, they go on to four, Slovakia on three. That means Spain have the opportunity to basically knock out Poland. But if they don't beat Poland and they're on two points... Like, they go into that final game, immediately against Slovakia, knowing that if they don't win, there is a real chance they don't go through. And like Slovakia... The, 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 the Poland game is huge for them, by the way. That it's on Saturday night. It's going to be... Saturday afternoon for, for you. Uh, it's going to be crucial. Like that's, that, that, to me, is one of the most exciting games of the tournament already, as well as the next group, which we'll come on to in a moment. But there, there are yeah. some real exciting second games coming up within this tournament right now. And let's get to that next group, the final group... Uh, which is Portugal, Hungary, and then France and Germany are the matches that have been played. Starting with Portugal, Hungary, very impressed with the Hungarians. Uh, I think playing in front of like 70,000 of your own fans helps in this type <laughs> of situation. I yeah. I found the penalty call annoying, if maybe accurate, but definitely yeah, annoying. It was. Uh, and yeah. then obviously they fell apart at the end. But uh, Portugal deserved the win. I was super impressed Hungary like batting down the hatches for 80 minutes though. Yeah, I, I, Portugal, I tipped in, in one of my YouTube videos to be the team that I expect to fail and falter. And I, I'm not going to lie, on 84, sort of on 80 minutes, I was prepping the tweet, going, oh, would you look at that? They, and then all of a sudden, Ronaldo gets two, Guerrero gets one, and it's like, oh, fine. You don't deserve this, in my opinion, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, look, Portugal are a side that have a starting 11, which is arguably as good as almost anybody in the competition. You would maybe say that France edged them but their, their 11 is really, really strong, really exciting. Lots of like really complementing features of that side. If they can if they can start to find a lot of momentum, because I feel like they didn't necessarily get the momentum from this game because they were stifled so long by a hungry oh, side that not, many yeah. people 
yeah, expected them to sort of just like blow away, but it didn't quite happen like that. Uh, the scoreline suggests it did, but for those that watched it, you'll know it didn't. It didn't occur like that. There was a point where it felt like this is not going to be Portugal's tournament. And I think a lot of people have backed Portugal, and as much as I was like, ah, this isn't going very well after eighty minutes, I bet there was lots of fans of Portuguese, the Portuguese side, thinking this isn't supposed to be happening. <laughs> like, why are we not five nil uh, up at this point? Yeah. But uh, so yeah, Portugal will, will probably like that. That's a massive result for them. Whether they make it through or not, again, this is the group of death. So one team, of course, will be executed. Um, France then played Germany. In it was similar. It was similar in that I think people expected it to go one way, and it took a long time to sort of heat up. Uh, but then eventually, uh, because even the Hummel's own goal, right? The game was quite passive as a spectacle. What and a I think weird, people thought it was going to yeah, be. What, what a weird game. Uh, on that note, Portugal only has like ten million people in the country i just love tracking well, the fact you got that a the, list of population no well there's an instagram the the espn instagram account i think some instagram account tweets out like the country profile before every match and so the population is right, part okay. of that so i keep seeing it portugal has like to has totally irrelevant though, half the people Sorry. that the netherlands has and still is able to produce a team that looks like that it's pretty impressive now, France, I how many coaches these no no sorry <laughs> the population is irrelevant i want to know how many coaches and professional sides these countries have and then we'll let's start. Okay. Which which Instagram account is this? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna I, message them. I'll I'll text it to you at a different time. I actually yeah, don't please. know. I'll have to see it. Yeah. But on on to France Germany. So I'm not late for class. Give me ben. better facts. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> France Germany. I thought was a bit of a snooze. I know there were two disallowed goals in it, and there was an own goal, and somebody got bit, and somebody went into like another another huddle uh well there was it was a nibble it was like they they rudiger like <laughs> nibbled the back of pogba did you not see that right that people have listened to this podcast for a reason and i'm gonna ask the big questions when <clears> does a nibble become a bite oh god i mean i mean it's, it's not nobody's got a set of chompers like luis suarez okay you can't you can't no. be you can't be expected to recreate that kind of velocity and intent but velocity <laughs> rudiger rudiger was involved his face was involved with pogba's like shoulder oh, i um, thought it was a bit sexy oh yeah i thought i thought he was flirting yeah i bet everyone was like oh he's gone from there i'm thinking no i think he i think he's trying to make love but you know i why well, i would always wondered how where doug came from i'm glad we finally have an answer. Yeah. yeah that's that's how i initiated with Ellie. i sort of bit the back of her t-shirt and she went, what are you doing i went well you know what it means <laughs> Um, yeah, and then Give Douglas, the like, eyebrows, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> this is horrible. Um, oh, but yeah, they, France win the game. They're expected to win the competition with the team that they've got. God. They should be winning the competition. It is terrifying. Yeah, I they're, think they're, people they are, are terrifying. Yeah, people are quick to write off Germany, but Germany do have like a really good like eleven. Oh, as well. They're, well, I, they're I really think solid. France, Germany, and Portugal are getting out of this group. I, I th there's no like hungry if they manage to take a point off someone i think it's germany in the last two matches just because yeah. germany will have timo Werner and he needs about 25 shots to score but oh, well, well they didn't have that many so yeah i know I, I look germany has a lot of talent my football manager simulations love them i and this is another thing that i talk about like personally is okay this isn't the best german team they can still beat anybody in the world Right, like if yeah. you're playing Germany, yeah. you're not comfortable, right? Like, like even if you acknowledge it's not the best German team, so they're certainly not done in this tournament. But they also don't have Kylian Mbappe, who I thought was unbelievably good. And having Benzema back is just incredible. Like this front three, Griezmann, Mbappe, Benzema would be the best front three at any club in the world, I think, right now. Yeah, and that's no, that's I'm, what they I'm have. Yeah. There, once again, right? There is a world. The next game coming up is Portugal versus Germany. See. 
if Germany lose that game, <laughs> their their ability to go Ooh. through is so difficult. Ooh. Like because because the, there are teams that are going to have four points that are going to be in third place. Right, we're looking at Switzerland. Yeah, we're looking it, at the Turkish four, group and things like this. Four, it's four. It's four third place. Yeah, I know, I know four. I know four go through, but they but they won't be the only team on three points. This is what I mean. There'll be quite a few yeah. sides, and it will come down to things like goal difference. And if Portugal are firing in a better way than they were in that first game, it could oh, it could be so tense, so so tense for the Germans in that final group game. Yeah, I, I love the second games of tournaments are great because teams have to conclude we probably should try and win this one. <laughs> we tried to not lose the first one. Yeah, now we have to try and win. And Germany now are going to come up against Portugal and know that if they don't win like oh dearie me it could get very scary for them mm -hmm. it's at the Allianz though it's in Germany so that'll help we'll we'll see what happens and we will be back to talk about it after the round of second match dates bye Ben is it over?